0: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Dean Meadows for another episode of Dean's Dialogue. Glad you can uh, make it for this episode, and I hope that you're having uh, a great Friday. Um, So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the dating of the Synoptic Gospels. You know, first episode in this series, we looked kind of at the foundation. Yesterday we talked about, or Wednesday we talked about, authorship and audiences, and today we're gonna look at, all right, so what are the actual dates for Matthew, Mark, and Luke to our best estimation? And how can we know that these are uh, good, reliable dates, and why is this important in establishing the historical reliability uh, of the synoptics? So, one of the things that we need to look at first are, uh, is the question, you know, why would somebody date these Gospels late? Um, There are a lot of historians who do date these Gospels late, Matthew, Mark, and Luke late. Um, And I think that the reason is twofold. One, uh, Mark is assumed to be the earliest Gospel uh, because it's the shortest. And then Matthew and Luke supposedly copied or used Mark um, to write their Gospel And so, therefore, those Gospels, Matthew and Luke, had to come later. Also, I think there's something that stems from Mark 13. Mark 13 is when Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple in AD 70. And so this would be a vivid prophecy uh, by Jesus of the Jewish temple. And so the argument goes that because the depiction of the destruction of the temple is so vivid and accurate, the author must have had prior knowledge of it. Therefore, Mark went back and kind of tied up the loose ends, so to speak, and therefore he's writing from the position of it already happening. Therefore, Mark must be uh, older than A.D. 70, and if Matthew and Luke copied off of Mark or used Mark, then the dating uh, would be later for those as well. Now, I think that there's an underlying presupposition here that needs to be drawn out. Namely, um, this presupposition hinges on the idea of Jesus not being uh, what the Gospels record him to be, which is the Son of God, um, you know, a prophet, priest, king, all of those things tied up into one, the Messiah. And so, therefore, um, in... And suggesting that he's not um, divine, suggesting that he's not a prophet, obviously means there's no way that he could make an accurate prediction about things that haven't yet happened. Um, And remember, this stems from the Enlightenment time frame where miracles uh, are pretty much not possible. There's that hyper skepticism against miracles. And so therefore, since Jesus couldn't have predicted something that hadn't taken place yet, or hadn't taken place in the future, the Gospels have to be uh, a late date. Now, I don't think that that's fair. I don't think that that's fair, number one, uh, to Jesus, but I also don't think that that's fair to the text in, regarding, in regards to um, dating. And so one of the things that we have to do, whether it's dating the Gospels, where it's talking about the evidence for God or evidence for the resurrection, is that we all come... Uh, to the table with certain assumptions, certain presuppositions. And what we have to do is uh, do our best to kind of do our best to table those and let the evidence speak for, for itself. So um, that's probably, that's my presupposition, I guess you could say, um, why I think a lot of people hold to the old dates uh, with regards to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, so what evidence do we have for the early dating uh, of these Gospels? As stated yesterday, you know, we have multiple sources who note that Matthew and Mark and Luke uh, were the authors of these Gospels. Uh, these sources are Irenaeus, Papias, Tertullian, Clement of Alexander, and also the Muratorian uh, fragment that notes Luke was the third, and I'll even include John in here. Uh, that John was the last gospel author. Um, However, um, in that fragment, the names uh, on the first page regarding narratives are missing. There's a section where it says, hey, this person was there and he put his names on the narrative. We assume that that's Mark uh, and Matthew, but we we just don't know. Um, but these four sources are from the second century, um, and they note that these are the guys that authored the Gospels. Now, what's interesting about this is that there's um, no other source or sources that state, or traditions that state, that anybody else outside of Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote uh, the, the Gospels that have their names on them. Also, these four church fathers that are mentioned are from different regions um, of the Roman Empire. And they pretty much give us the same story about who wrote uh, the first uh, three Gospels, and even they even mention John. Now, uh, that's just kind of a small review. Um, now, I want to be clear. I'm going to grant um, the skeptic or even maybe let's go with uh, the liberal scholar, that Matthew and Luke um, used Mark as source material. And this is just for the sake of our conversation here, for your education, for my education, so that when we do come in contact with people who believe this, we can simply meet them where they are um, so that the truth can hopefully change uh, who they are uh, as well. Um, So if that's the case, if Matthew and Luke, for the sake of argument, Copied or used Mark, then we still have uh, strong evidence that those were uh, written early. Uh, You know, as Irenaeus states, you know Matthew was writing while Peter and Paul were still preaching in Rome, and so that points to the first half of uh, 60s AD since Peter was most likely martyred in the mid-60s, right? And Paul didn't reach Rome, as we know, until about 60. Now, if Matthew used Mark, it means that Mark was written earlier. But by how much, we don't know. And, um, you know, there are estimates that say Mark was mid to late 50s. So you see that there. So if Matthew used Mark and Matthew was written, you know, uh, early... 60s, then that means that Mark was written earlier, since he supposedly copied off of him. So both of those would still be uh, or still have early dates. Now, what's interesting here is that uh, atheist Maurice Casey argues that Mark 13, that that famous or depending on how you look at it, that infamous passage where Jesus talks about the destruction of the temple, uh, he says that that section should be dated around A.D. 40. Well, as you can see the connection, hey, if that one section can be dated to A.D. 40, why couldn't the whole gospel be dated to A.D. 40? Um, With regards to Luke, right? Uh, Acts 1 refers to Luke's former work, the gospel of Luke. Um, And this is known because as you read the first part of Acts chapter 1, and if you read the first part of the Gospel of Luke, we see that he mentions uh, the same name, uh, Theophilus. He talks about, hey, I'm writing this for you here, Theophilus and Luke. And then he says, hey, in my former work, I mentioned Theophilus about all this, 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 and this. And so, once again, if we grant that Luke used Mark, then obviously this supports that Mark was uh, written early, earlier than Luke as well. Uh, But it also means the Gospel of Luke was also earlier than the book of Acts. Now it's interesting then that Luke writes of Paul's missionary journeys and for more than eight chapters Paul's, uh, he, he talks about Paul's journey and he also mentions Paul's last journey to Jerusalem. He mentions his imprisonment there. He mentions the various hearings that he had uh you know the threat on his life is talked about his appeal to caesar and then the horrible voyage uh, and the survival on the island of malta now what's left out at the end of the book of acts is that uh you know the result of that appeal to caesar right now eusebius and clement note that paul was released at about ad 62 um but um, why would Luke not mention that? Uh, well, he might not have mentioned it because he might be writing in 62 and isn't aware of Paul's release. It hadn't happened yet. And so uh, that's why the narrative could, could have stopped. And all this does is support, you know, not just the early dating for Acts, uh, but also an early date uh, for Luke. Now, what's also interesting about each of these Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and even John, is that none of them mention the destruction of the temple in AD 70. Now, why is that important? That's important because if I were trying to show that Jesus uh, was this prophet and that Jesus was the Messiah and that Jesus did have this divine ability, well, hey, back here in Uh, Mark uh, chapter 13, or over here in uh, Matthew chapter 24, um, why not go ahead and mention, and this happened in AD 70 when the Romans did this, this, and this, right? Uh, That would be a great apologetic uh, for the Christian church. That'd be a great apologetic for you and me because it would emphatically show uh, that Jesus did call his shot. I mean, we know that he did, but within the text, you know, we could see that that uh, took place, that the gospel authors not only mention this prophecy, but they also note that it took place because that's exactly what they do when they talk about um, past events that have been fulfilled. So, um, for instance, when the gospels mention Judas for the first time, they all note, every single one of them note, that he would go on to betray Jesus. So they introduce the character, they introduce the setting, but they also note the future event that took place along with it, right? So in Acts chapter 11, verse 28, Luke mentions that Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine that would take place all over the world. And then he notes that it took place uh, in the days of Claudius. And so this, uh, they, they simply don't do this with the destruction of the temple, most likely because it hadn't happened yet. Now, why do I make that point? Because that shows that these Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, give strong evidence that these were probably written before AD 70. Same thing, and this is kind of a sidebar, but the same thing is true with the book of Hebrews. A complete, I mean, uh, probably more than Matthew definitely more than Matthew, maybe more than any other, uh, text in the New Testament is, is filled, um, with commentary on Old Testament passages that are linking Jesus to the Old Testament. And it links the things that took place at the temple, it links things that took place during sacrifices, but it never mentions the destruction of the temple. Actually, Hebrews is written, uh, in a present tense form when it, when it talks about the temple, which probably means the book of Hebrews was written before AD 70 as well. Now that one's free of charge. Uh, Next time, you know, I'll charge you you know, a dollar for every extra bit that I give you. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, But, but this simply shows that these gospels were written um, before AD 70. Um, Or the other option is that they just forgot and, and didn't think it was significant to put that in there now I don't think that that's the case uh, because the destruction of the temple in AD 70 it would be destroyed in AD 70 and it would never be rebuilt uh, ever again and so it was a significant historical thing that happened uh, not just for the people then in that time frame but for the religion of Judaism as a whole right That would like that would be like me when someone asks me, hey, I want you to write a a, a history of uh, America from the year 2000 to the year 2010. And I go ahead and I write that, but I leave out um, the attacks on September 11th. That would be absolutely crazy. People would be like, man, he's a horrible historian because that is a significant moment in American history that changed the way the country operated in, in, in terms of uh, military, in terms of security, uh, and the same thing takes place here with the destruction of the temple in AD 70. So I think that we have really good evidence for the auth- authorship uh, of the Gospels, being actually Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but specifically with Matthew, Mark, and Luke that uh, for, the, uh, for the early date, since we're talking about the synoptics. And so we can know... That these gospels were written in close proximity to the events that they describe. Now, even if we took the late dates, right? If we said, "Well, uh, they were all written after uh, 70 A.D., between 70 A.D. and 100, or even um, you know 120," uh, that would still be relative to the significant biographies. Um, from that time frame, that would still be an early date. I mean, Alexander the Great's biography doesn't show up until 400 years after his death, but we know that world civilization textbooks rely on these summaries without hesitation. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know too many people who would say, yeah, that Alexander the Great guy, I'm not sure uh, if... If he existed but what we have is we have four biographies um, and for the sake of this conversation we have the synoptics Matthew Mark and Luke who are written between written who wrote uh, within 30 to 60 years of Jesus's death and so there's nothing else like this with regards uh, to abundance of information and multiple authorships um, in antiquity now one of the questions that I always get um, and that you'll probably be faced with is, man, how can you trust something that took place you know, 2,000 years ago? These guys wrote 2,000 years ago. It's been 2,000 years since that, that whole thing took place. How can you trust that? Well, make sure that we understand this slight difference. There's a difference um, between the writing of an event and now. There's a difference between that and and uh, the event taking place and the time between the event taking place and the documentation of the event. Those are two totally different things. Just because a documentation of an event took place 2,000 years ago, that doesn't automatically mean that it's bad evidence, right? Uh, The passage of time doesn't make good evidence bad evidence. The passage of time still makes good evidence good evidence. So let's remember that as well. I also got a question Um, from Jerry Groves. Jerry, great question. Appreciate the question. Thanks a lot. And once again, while we're doing this, if you have any questions about any of the episodes that we've looked at um, from episode one to now, just go ahead and email me at dean at uh, apologiainstitute.com or you can Facebook message me as well. Uh, And so Jerry's question is, I received an objection that the writers of the New Testament were not well-versed in Greek, lest they could not have written the books in the New Testament. Um, and as Jerry mentions, this could be defeated with Paul, of uh, Paul, Saul of Tarsus, a Greek province, he thinks, and Luke, a highly educated Gentile. But how would you answer for the other uh, apostles and prophets who penned the New Testament? Thank you. Also, you said that Matthew uh, wrote his gospel in Hebrew. Do we know who translated it in Greek. Thanks, Jerry. Um, okay, so those are a couple of questions in one question. So let me just go ahead and answer the last question first, since that's the easiest one. Uh, we don't know who translated that, Jerry. We just have uh, sources that say, "Hey," or Papias who says, "Hey, Matthew wrote his gospel uh, for the Hebrew in Hebrew, and then someone translated it." We just simply don't have that information, but that doesn't do anything to undercut Matthew's authorship. Or the information um, that's there. Now, the other thing that you mentioned—you mentioned Paul, yes, probably well-educated, definitely could have, um, you know, known Greek. Um, Luke, Gentile physician, probably knew Greek, well-educated guy. Matthew was a tax collector, uh, and in order to collect taxes and to perform the duties of a tax collector at that time. You had to be familiar. You had to know linguistics. You had to be able to understand names, phrases, sentences that people were speaking to you of the people uh, in that culture. So I I do think that Matthew was well-educated. Plus, um, one of the things I believe it was, I don't know how long ago it was, but in a radio interview, Bart Ehrman said, hey, you know, everybody that wrote, uh, you know, in the New Testament probably had scribes that they dictated to. So there's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong, like Peter and Mark. Peter, you know, probably told Mark. Mark probably wrote it down. And there's nothing wrong with the Gospel of Mark uh, being written in Hebrew or written in Aramaic initially, and somebody else translating that into into uh, Greek. I don't think that that's that that's an issue. Um, but I also think um, you know these guys uh, could have been definitely could have been uh, well educated. Uh, as well. I think one of the things that I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't looked too much into this, Um, but what we do know is that, um, you know, young Jewish boys would would have had to have known or were required to memorize the Torah at a very young age. Now, in the first century, one of the things that we have is that the Old Testament that was used um, by the Jews uh, was what's called the Septuagint. And that's a Greek translation of the Old Testament. So I don't see why um, even at a very young age in memorizing the Torah, why some of those or maybe even all uh, some of those uh, apostles or prophets wouldn't have been familiar with that just at a very young age. That's just a hypothesis of mine. I need to do more research on that, but I think that that's uh, another possibility as well. So, uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, appreciate all of you guys who have uh, viewed the podcast, who have viewed the video videocast, um, who have subscribed to the newsletter, who follow us at our website, who follow us on Twitter. Um, your support means the world to us and we wouldn't be able to do what we do uh, without you guys who donate and without you guys... Uh, all of you who send prayers our way. So thank you once again. This has been another awesome episode of Dean's Dialogue. Uh, Catch us us again uh, on Monday, and we're going to do something a little bit different on Monday. I'll let you guess what that is. But take care. Have a great day. God bless.